I'm a follower of Jesus. It's the most important thing in my life. The most healing, healthy thing for the human brain is a belief in God and prayer. Hi there, welcome to the Spiritual Laws of Nature. I am Alex Lloyd, and today we are talking about the miracle meditation. Uh, several decades ago, this is, uh, this is fascinating to me, several decades ago, the United States government regularly did uh, little snippets on television, on radio, in newsprint that the United States government recommended so many fruits, so many vegetables a day, uh, a little bit of exercise, drinking clean water, and number five, meditation. Did you know that? That back when uh, acupuncture and energy and, and all this stuff was just totally poo-pooed by mainstream medicine and the United States government, during that time they were recommending as one of the five things everyone should do every day, meditation. Why would they do that? Well, I, I think they almost had no choice because the research on meditation as far as re reducing stress, anxiety, uh, healthy for uh, your glandular hormonal system, etc., is just unequivocal. I, I, I mean, it's without question. Uh, here's a wonderful book, Timeless Healing, by Dr. Herbert Benson, MD, from Harvard University. Okay? And this was done a couple of decades ago, and uh, Dr. Benson, in this book, lays out a simple little meditation, I mean, third grade Mickey Mouse simple, Mickey, that didn't mean bad, just simple, sometimes simple is better, but very simple meditation that you can do in about five minutes, okay? And he did double blind studies on it at Harvard, which were conclusive that it, it has dramatic results on the average person just to do like once a day uh, a, a simple little meditation. And there's many others out there uh, that that's true of as well. Uh, I saw last week, as I have a guy who sort of uh, sees what's trending for me in social media and on the internet, and last week he told me the number one trending thing right now in the world is meditation. And that's after decades of everybody talking about meditation. You would think we would have found everything by now. You would think that these meditations that are simple and that work, that everybody would be doing them, which would mean there's not they would not be in the top hundred on the search because everybody's already doing it and it's working. That's not the case. Everybody's not doing it. Even the ones that have been proven to work, most people don't do. I think there's several reasons for that. One is because it's, it's just one of those 
another thing I have to schedule into my day. A second reason is that almost every meditation you'll find, including this one by Dr. Benson, which is fabulous, work by distraction. They don't really heal anything. They just distract your mind. So instead of thinking about my problem at work or uh, hoping I having a disagreement or money problems or health problems or whatever, I'm not focused on that. I'm focused on a dot on the wall for 30 minutes. Or I'm focused on the word peace for 15 minutes. Or I'm focused on a beautiful flower for 10 minutes. Okay? Well, the very first thing that focusing on something stressful does, like my job or me and hope or money or health, is it turns your immune system off or down. So most people are kind of focused on their problems all day long, which means their immune system is suppressed and stress gets bigger and bigger in their life. Day to day to day to day. They just keep piling it on and they don't really fix anything. Well, these meditations will give you a wonderful boost and if you use a medical test to test your stress level before and after, it'll show a dramatic change, usually. But the problem is, it doesn't change over time unless you keep doing it every single day. I've known uh, some really good friends who did Transcendental med Meditation for like 10 years, which is two, three, four hours a day. And they would tell me that same thing. I feel great until it's been like, you know, 18, 20 hours and then I'm all stressed again. Okay? Well, that's because it didn't heal anything. It just distracted you for however long you did it and your immune system was able to take advantage of that time to de-stress you, but then when you go right back into your life, it just pops right back up. Okay? Um, I probably tried 1,000, 1,500 meditations in, in my life, uh, mainly in the last 30 years when I've been working this kind of stuff. Uh, I've, I found a number of them that were really good, like, like this one. But I found one that I would call miraculous. And I really do. I call it the miracle meditation. Okay? And I think there's several reasons why it, the results of it tend to be miraculous. Um, one of them is because you're plugging in to the spiritual miraculous world when you do it where miracles happen all the time. Okay? So let me lay a foundation and then I'll tell you what it is. Uh, the earliest recorded meditation I can find in history goes back to the ancient Hebrews and uh, Eastern medicine. Both of them, from what I can find, four, five, six, eight thousand years ago, that sort of thing. Okay? Most of the um, most of the Asian ones, like this one, work really well, but they work by distraction, and so you need to do it every single day. All right. The ancient Hebrews, on the other hand, had a different one. It was based on the Old Testament passage of the Lord high and lifted up. Okay? 
And so the ancient Hebrews had schools of prophecy. These have long since died out. But for centuries or even millennia, they had schools of prophecy. And in the schools of prophecy, one of the main things they did, uh, sometimes for hours a day, is sit in a certain position or lie prostrate on the floor and pray and envision that picture from the Old Testament of the Lord high and lifted up. Now, that sounds like just another distraction meditation, but it's not because their, their intention, their desire was not for distraction. It was to have an actual, real experience with Yahweh God, the Creator Himself. A one-on-one, -on -one, mystical, miraculous experience that they hoped and believed would change them forever. Based on the, the book I read, that cited all sorts of verified sources about these schools of prophecy, that happened regularly. The actual one-on-one -on -one experience in the person was changed forever. Alright? So, with that meditation, if that's true, that was not working by distraction. It was working in the miraculous, the spiritual realm. Okay. Let's go over to the New Testament. 2 Corinthians 3, Paul says, We all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord. And then he says, as in a mirror. And, and that word mirror used there in that passage in 2 Corinthians 3 is the only time it's used in all of Scripture, and it means magic mirror. Magic that I can see through the eyes of God to how He sees me. And as I see with spiritual eyes, the Lord Jesus high and lifted up. In, in the very next chapter, 2 Corinthians 4, it says that the light of the knowledge of the glory of God, that God causes the light of the knowledge of, of the glory of God that shines in the face of Jesus to shine into our hearts. Light, it, it, every cell that has a problem shows up as a dark cell on a CT or MRI. A dark cell. The problem on one level with every cell or disease or organ or system that's not working right is a darkness. Now there's a couple of exceptions, but not many. It's almost always darkness. And Scripture talks about the darkness of our heart. And there's more passages in the Bible on the heart than soul, mind, body, spirit combined. It says God wants the heart. And I believe that is primarily what psychology causes, calls the unconscious and subconscious. All right? And that's where all the lies are. That's where all the untruths are. That's where all the sins of the fathers are. Okay? But this passage says 
The light of the knowledge of the glory of God that shines in the face of Jesus. God makes that light to shine into our hearts. And the chapter before, Paul is talking about meditating on the Lord with unveiled face and being transformed from glory to glory. Translation, being transformed more and more to my best possible life. Okay. So, where are the details? Revelation 1. And so, this week, I would recommend you go to Revelation 1, find this passage, and sear the details in your memory so that you can go there in meditation without having to, you know, been going back and forth to read and stuff like that. But, but basically, here's what happens in Revelation 1. John is having a vision. And the vision, he is in the throne room in heaven with Jesus. And it, and it says that his face, Jesus's, was like the sun at midday. His voice was like the sound of rushing waters. Think Niagara Falls. And John is terrified to the point that he fell at his feet as if he were dead. In fear, in terror. And it says that the Lord put his hand on him and said, Fear not. It is I, the one who was dead and is now alive forevermore, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. Well, death is health, illness, life, death, physically, etc. Hades is the spiritual. So basically, Jesus is saying, Fear not, it's me. You and I are one. The mystery of the ages. And I love you. And I've got your back. I'm, I've got you. I'm protecting you. I'm Romans 8, making everything work out for your best long term, etc. And I hold the keys to everything you need. So the one with all the power... Love, joy, peace is one that, that thinks you are fabulous and terrific and has committed to love you, protect you, help you. Fear not. It is I. So that's it. I would recommend that you uh, read that over eight, ten times till you've got the details then um, get in a comfortable place and pray this meditation. I would go there in your mind, okay? But I would pray that God would make this an active situation and that you will have a one-on-one -on -one experiential relationship that is whatever that needs to be. Like a, like a near-death experience. Like something that I'm never the same again. Bring light into my darkness. Love into my fear. Truth into my falsehood. So I would pray whatever's on your mind. Confess. Uh, just talk about your day. Uh, frustrations. Uh, joys, etc. But then I would have a time where you're just quiet and listen. Just wait and listen.
It's okay to ask for something. I would love an answer to this. I would love uh, you to help me with my gallbladder, if, if that be your will, whatever. But I'm giving it to you. That's up to you. I ask, but I also give it up right now to you. And then just spend some time waiting, listening. One time Mother Teresa was interviewed and asked, how do you pray? What do you say? What do you... She says, I don't say anything. I listen. And she said, if you can't understand that, there's no way I can explain it to you. Well, I do that every day with this meditation. I listen. But sometimes I do say, uh, confess, just talk as to a mentor as well. I don't think there's a wrong way to do it, okay? But I would pray for a spiritual experience that transforms you, that is a turning point, etc. And um, I would... I, I, give it as much time as it needs. Sometimes I do this for one minute. Sometimes I do it for an hour and a half. Just depends on the situation. Okay? But the mystery of the ages is that you and Jesus are one. You are seated with him in the heavenlies and he is in you here and now. So this is not a made-up thing. Okay? You have relationship with this person? Are you living like you do? Okay? So, uh, give it a try. Give me your feedback, but uh, don't let another day go by without trying the miracle meditation. Actually, I would give it at least 40 days, once a day, and see uh, if you're not a pretty different person in 40 days. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, blessed day.